<laughs> I just bombs. Uh, I just uh, yeah. recorded that. I, I want to leave in the episode. Like <laughs> I started recording just when you said that. That's, that's perfect. Uh, hey, what's going on, Champagne Sharks? How you feeling, man? How's everybody doing? This is T Ricky Rawls on Twitter, R I C K Y R E W L S. And D, you weren't here last time, but uh, we've shortened the housekeeping to just about the money. So, okay, <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash Champagne Sharks. Straight right? to the money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, all, all right. the other stuff is cool. Uh, also, I'll add this too. Go to uh, ChampagneSharks.reddit.com because I, I like the work that they do but but you know we're leading off with the money we're keeping it focused five dollars a month patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks double the episodes good shit yeah and that's that um so let's start with uh d because d you have not um been with us for a second yeah what's going on everybody is d mills you can catch me on twitter at mdmill 79 the handle is don't at me how's everybody doing man uh pretty good man we have kenny with us too Hey, what's up, guys? It's Ken. Uh, you can get at me on Twitter at BlackSportsNW. Uh, guys, I don't know what we're going to do uh, going into 2020 because the fuckery is happening at a breakneck pace. <laughs> like, like there's shit from like four days ago that feels dated. Like, yeah. everything. I mean, can we even talk about Jesse Smollett now? I don't even know if we can. <laughs> like, just too much fuckery has happened. And like the Blavity Blue Checks are like, really out of control it's really like by the hour they're really scared about their fading re- relevance like yes they're they're really really scared hey, I've it, never isn't seen there something about their 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 line of uh attack that feels coordinated like even with the justice smollett thing oh uh, they're definitely coordinated yeah they definitely get people their have told me and, people yeah. have told me that they have a group DM on Twitter and that they talk ah, and they talk ah. about people and they coordinate things. And I think we're probably definitely like spoken about in those uh group DMs because they're a little way too coordinated. Uh they're they're a funny group because they're not only very coordinated, they literally like think with one mind. Like I don't know if you've ever I don't know if you've ever noticed it. The Borg. They're a Borg. <laughs> like the Borg. That's a perfect Star- that's a perfect that's why i love when you guys are on because you guys always think of the perfect cultural modern references i'm so suck with that like uh <laughs> Ken, kenny had a good one in the episode that you weren't on what was the one you had last time where you brought up a movie and it was so fucking perfect it was oh, last uh, night. we're talking about rudy we were talking about uh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're talking about mario you uh, well, do you know you know about how um you ever see those videos on espn where there's like you know some high school football game and and i'm not yeah. shitting on people with mental problems but it'll be that one kid that's slow and they'll mm-hmm. hand him the ball and let him run and like the team is yes. running with him and yes. you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. like i think we were using that reference last night as um basically the Oscar, talking about the, the oscar so white oscar lady. so white chick yeah yeah uh, oh, shit. like they're, they're parading her around like uh like you know uh slow kid that they let you know run with the ball and then i said i said uh it was like the movie rudy like you know yeah. it's like it's like they're <laughs> celebrating them but it's also kind of making fun of them like you know look look we let we let the um special person or the score a touchdown or something yeah it, yeah it, it, yeah and it's like the, the you know and the kid is, is, is special needs so he doesn't know that the game has been over for an hour right you know what i mean yeah and yeah <laughs> they give him the Le- ball and they let him sure. run they're all cheering even the opposing team is running next to him yeah and like, yeah <laughs> and they don't and they don't realize that uh they're being patronized it's like she's there she doesn't even realize that she's being totally patronized like you know they're basically laughing at her basically oh you know? yeah yeah, uh, uh, her her pinned tweet on her page is just like a video photo album of like you know she's acting like it's her prom like you know what I'm saying like like she's wow. got invited to the prom it's like oh my god are you serious and she was one of those people too who was this was like really embarrassing she was one of those people who was doing like all those thirsty tweets for uh, Chris Evans oh yeah oh, they were god. all that that was the most pathetic shit I've ever seen oh my god for, and, for, and, yeah. and she followed it in in following up the previous record holder for the most pathetic shit that I had ever seen was was her. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> for, for similar shit with the Liam Nelson Neeson thing. Yeah, yeah. Actually, no, no that's a different woman. But Oh, no, uh, don't tell me that. I don't thought that was the same, the same were, I mean, I mean, they're all basically the same Fuck, person. At this point in time, you can't tell. They're all yeah, the yeah, they're all the same person. <laughs> they were both in that thread, but um, okay, let's give it a little context because I always like to try to give context for people who don't, okay. have, don't have the extreme online brain. Um, but it's like this. So, so she's called Rain of April or April Rain. 
She goes by April Rain, but she used to go by um, April Sands. She was married. I don't know if maybe Rain is her maiden name. I'm unable to find anything about her, right? But she goes by April Rain now, and they kind of discuss her as if, you know, that's like her real last name. It sounds like a fake name to me. I don't know. One reason why I think she goes by April Rain and not April Sands is because, from what I can tell, this almost seems conspiratorial, but it does seem to pan out. She was a su- suspended lawyer. She oh. was a lawyer suspended. She worked for the Obama administration, right? What? Under the name, this is crazy, right? Uh, listen, listen to this. Uh, there's a story about this lady, April Sands, and uh, sadly, you kind of have to go to the conservative websites and like the racist websites to find this stuff but sadly like you know they're the only ones who are willing to do it because you know the rest of the media is kind of liberal so sometimes you kind of have to do that right but useful idiots every once in a while yeah yeah exactly but um here it is right i don't even know how to even get started on this this is one of those things that's such a mess but okay let me see if i can kind of so there was a twitter account reign of april that was formerly in use by federal election commission commission official April Sands in an, in an Obama administration scandal linked to Sands' ex-boss Lois Lerner. So in 2012, she was tweeting about, like, this is one of her 2012 tweets, like, I just don't understand how anyone but straight men, white men can vote Republican, but kind of delusional radical, rhetorical tone is one used. So she was doing, like, you know, political tweets about Republicans and Democrats. And then in 2014, the Daily Mail reported that Obama administration official April Sands an admitted violator of the Hatch Act also used the same Reign of April Twitter handle that April Reigns uses now. So this April Sands person is known to have used the same uh, handle, but they have pictures of hers. It, to me, it looks like the exact same uh, woman, right? And um, this is this is the this is the headline, and I'm going to send it now. It's it's very bizarre. Not some, not just bizarre that she's done this, but that she's been able to get away with it. I, I just sent the link, and this is what the Daily Mail article says, right? Uh, I got this link from the conservative site. So I'm not just reading from the conservative site. You know, this is a, a Daily Mail. I mean, some people say that's a junk site too, but still, it's not. Daily Mail, that's in the UK, isn't it? Um, Kind of, sort of. It started in the UK, but they've tried to make a push for entering <clears throat> into the American market. Mm-hmm. So now, um, these should just be dailymail.co.uk. Now there's a dailymail.com, and they advertise a lot in America. And they cover a lot of American news now. So uh, they have a lot of American people on staff now. They, they have like an American side to the website now. Mm. But, you know, it's still in spirit like a British paper. But let's see. Another recycled hard drive. Former Lois Lerner deputy can't be prosecuted for fundraising for Democrats on the job because the FEC destroyed the evidence. April Sands was a federal election commission lawyer before she resigned this year and accepted a ban on holding government jobs until 2016. So she was actually banned from holding government jobs. She was former IRS official Lois Lerner's deputy when she was at the FEC. Like the allegations against Lerner, Sands admitted violating the Hatch Act, which prohibits government workers from advocating for candidates. So she was shilling for, you know, the Dems in in her job illegally in a way that got her um, banned. And as seems the case with Lerner, Sands escaped prosecution because her hard drive mysteriously quote unquote crashed and was recycled. Wow. She was known as Obama girl in her office and a colleague recalled how she boasted the Obama's 2012 campaign would hire her away. So mm. even back then she had that mindset that all these blavity blacks that we say have, which is that they're trying to prove their value to like, you know, mm-hmm. democratic candidates and hopes that when they get elected, they're going to get jobs. That's what a lot of them were doing on uh, 2016 um, Absolutely. with Hillary. And that's their plan. A lot of them now, that's why so many of them are squandering their integrity to try to get Kamala Harris elected. Yeah, they, don't, like, they don't, you know, they, these, the, the 2020 election, these people, I'm sure we'll talk about it in a minute, but they don't give a damn about their reparations. They want that job. Yeah, yeah, they want that job. And you know what happened with them too? I'm sure you guys know what a sunk cost trap is, but a, a sunk cost trap is when, actually, let me give a like official definition just so I don't, I don't butcher it. But a, this is a, a sunk cost trap. A sunk cost trap refers to a tendency for people to irrationally follow through on an activity that is not meeting their expectations. Mm. This is because of the time and or money or other resources they have already invested. 
The sunk cost trap explains why people finish movies they are not enjoying, finish meals that taste bad, you know, because they spent the money, keep mm. clothes in their closet that they've never worn, you know, because they're like, I-, I bought this. I can't just throw it out and waste it. Right. Uh, and hold on to investments that are underperforming. Like, you know, sometimes you have a stock, a stock that tanks and you're like, wow, I lost 50% on this. I- I'm going to wait for it to come back up. Right. Gambler- gamblers do it too. Like, you ever see someone oh, yeah. who's losing money and they keep thinking, Oh, the next I got to win this. Hit. Yeah, yeah, the next yeah, and they just keep losing and losing, and the more they lose, they're like, "Now I really got to stay in because uh, I have no choice but to try to win it back." Shit. Yeah, you could apply that to bad relationships too. Yeah, stay in a bad yep. relationship for a long period of time. You know exactly. People are like yo, I spent all this time. You know, I I gave up like you know all this shit, my right. career, my life, we got a kid whatever. Together. Yeah, whatever. we got a kid. Yeah, yeah. It works for it works for a lot of things. So, I like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's called the sunk cost trap. I think these people squandered so much of their like integrity trying to shill for Democrats, like, and they keep ending up worse off for it. Like after Hillary lost, these people were basically there was a media purge of these people. Like they they were basically right. just purge. Um, the Melissa Harris Perrys of the world. Like, oh, they all lost their jobs yeah. and they all were they whining all, on Twitter about not getting paid. And Yeah, they all lost their jobs. Uh, the Think Peace factory is shut down. Mm-hmm. And, you, know, the, you know, they only need like a quarter of the Think Pieces. All the, they thought the Think Peace economy was going to shift from producing race pieces under Obama to feminist pieces and they would just get shifted to a new department. You know, it, it's like right. when, you, when you're, when you're a company starts making a new product and you just shift everybody to a new department, they just thought it was going to be like Hillary taking over management. And then it was just going to become feminism or intersectionality. Yeah, some, some of them would get a raise. Some of them would get an, uh, a promotion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and in that old DNC leak, you know, some names even popped up like, like that, the DNC talking about, Hey, we can get DeRay to, um, be a surrogate for us. Uh, And this guy, Jameel Smith, who's amazing to me that he's still being considered as as a voice to listen to. And he basically said in the leaks that he was like uh, compromised. We're like, yeah, this guy, Jameel Smith, would be a good show. This came out after (laughs) Hillary lost, (laughs) you know, and then then afterwards uh, it came out uh, that, you know, he was a he was a show and he was very defensive about it. People like what do you have to say about this? And he was like wrong and strong. He got like defined. He's like, you know. Mm. How dare you say I'm a show? It's like, dude, that's right fucking there in the document. You got the fucking evidence, you clown. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like, there's nothing worse. me. Right. Yo, there's nothing worse than compromising yourself. And then it doesn't even pay off. Like, you know, right. I, like, have you ever like debased yourself? Like, you know, to like hook up with a girl or debase yourself for like mm-hmm. to keep a job. And then you get fired anyway, or you get like, uh, you, you don't get to date the girl or hook up anyway. And then you feel like doubly bad because you're like, damn, you suddenly remember any type of compromise like you made. You're like, damn, all those times I wish I told my boss to like shove it or, you know, the kind <laughs> of shit like I a, pulled. It's like a fucking prostitute that believes that her pimp is really her boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. It's like, uh, but any, anytime you like squander your integrity to get a goal and then you don't even get that goal. It's, it's like the double pain. Like, like I feel yeah. like, I feel like remembering how you squander your integrity is like more painful than the actual, uh, rejection. Like you could have dealt with that rejection if you got rejected with your, uh, integrity in hand. But these people, I think have so gotten rid of their integrity. It was like that scene in power. Excuse me. I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah, it's fine. Let, let yeah. Just get like that scene in power where uh, ghost has sex with, uh, Garcielle's character. In the last season, they go and they, uh, he thought that by having sex with her, he was going to be able to get uh, yes, her on board yes, with some business yes. proposition. <laughs> she, they went there and got it in. And they was like, nah, that ain't, it ain't happening, bro. He, he's like, damn, I got played. You know? And the guy even like laughed at him for yeah, it. Yeah, he was what, like, you stupid ass. <laughs> yeah, that was a perfect, that's a perfect example. And like, people just think about like, you know, like I think these people, well, for normal people, I feel like part of the sunk cost would be, yo, I lost my integrity i lost these jobs i lost there were uh, i think it's called psychic accounting you know psychic accounting is when you allot yourself something psychically that you haven't even gotten yet so like you know you know like how if you're working hourly and you think you can get like 80 hours this week you start psychically accounting that money and then when they tell you hey no overtime this week in your mind you feel like you've actually lost Mm-hmm. that 40 extra hours that you actually never actually you never had the money yet but you you took psychic ownership of that money i see like, what you're saying yeah. yeah yeah uh so in your mind your register has a loss like i'm not gonna say for these people the integrity was part of the sunk cost because i don't think they really had any integrity to lose like i don't think you know 
integrity is something that they register as a loss to them. You know, like that's just par for the course, having no integrity. But I think these people were measuring the curtains and the windows in the White House. Yeah. Um, when but, Hillary but was you, running, they, they were. They, you also got to remember the yeah. type of people that these people are. Like they, they were doing this before that. You know what I'm saying? So they've gone yeah, so yeah. far off the edge, they don't have anywhere else to go. So they yeah, have yeah. to keep doing this. They're yeah, stuck here, which makes forever. it the worst. Which makes it the worst sunk cost of all. Like uh, the sunk cost where you actually have no option but to keep playing. Yeah, you have to keep playing the game. Yeah, it's like it's like you're gambling, but what you've lost is like your mortgage money for the year. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like you almost have like no choice but to keep playing. And they're going to keep, they're going to keep up in the ante too. This is nothing. So this isn't going to work either. So, you know, they went from shilling for Obama to doing whatever they had to do. So if Obama starts shitting on black men, they start shitting on black men. Uh, If now it's Hillary's turn, Hillary gets on the feminism bandwagon. So now here they go. You know what I mean? So now Kamala, the cop is, whatever she's whatever you know she's talking reparations now all of a sudden they're all stokely carmichael now right right right. and they've been on board with reparations right Right. they've been doing it from day and and again you have to remember who these people are now when you get into the profile of these people and it's some crazy shit um these are the fake bougie fake elite black people these are the black people that they they don't want nothing to do with working class black people at all and guys take a look at the article I sent, that's clearly the same girl. That's clearly April Rain, right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's a picture of her on Huffington Post. That's the other thing. She was appearing on places like Huffington Post and stuff in 2012. So they have to know it's the same person. Like she's appearing on these same sites as April Rain now, you know? And I got a feeling the reason why she's going by April Rain is because she doesn't want to be able to be Googled and found out. So like these places are just letting her just appear as somebody who's just this like an ambiguous media person. activist yeah. yeah 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 she just came out of uh but but here's the actual article and, and the reason why the article is good is because it points out exactly what kenny just said which is that this started before hillary like these people right have been on this um shilling train for like like a while and and they're so desperate to get access to get put on to get uh noticed but uh here's a full article because it's, it's short Republicans are investigating another Obama administration official who played politics on the job but escaped prosecution when the FEC recycled her hard drive before evidence could be recovered. April J. Sands resigned her position as an FEC attorney in April 2014. So that's a sunk cost. She like fucking lost like her government job. Yeah. You know, um, after investigators confronted her with tweets she sent and a video interview she conducted during work hours. So she actually did an interview on Huffington Post during work hours, uh, advocating for the election of President Barack Obama and other Democratic candidates. She was doing all this because she was just so sure that Obama's going to hire her. The same way like um, the Jameel Smith types and uh, Roland Martins and all these types just kind of shield hard being like, you know what? This is a gamble. When it all comes out, we're actually going to lose a ton of integrity, but the jobs we get are going to be worth it. And they ended up holding bupkis. They had none of these jobs. Hillary wasn't even elected and their, uh, their, um, credibility was shot and they lost any goodwill they had with black people. Like they're like a joke now. They opened the lane for all the Yvettes and Tone Talks and Champagne Sharks and, and Tariqs and everybody to get like way more legitimacy, uh, black troops, TBAs. Anyway, um, when the FEC's Office of Inspector General began the process of filing criminal charges, however, it found that the agency had destroyed a computer's hard drive before it could be seized. That's <laughs> fucking insane. Right. Right. And there's a picture of her here, and it's clearly the same person. They have a screen cap of her doing the Huffington Post interview in 2012, the one that she did on uh, during company hours. And then uh, they showed her tweets, and the tweets are under the same name, Reign of April. And... um. Let's let's see. I just want to skip an FEC an FEC. Oh, here we go. Uh, following an investigation into her partisan political activity, Sands admitted to the FEC's Office of Special Counsel that she had violated the Hatch Act. The special counselor wrote, "Wait, so she agreed not to seek employment in federal government for two years." The special counsel wrote that she had posted dozens of partisan political tweets, including many soliciting campaign contributions to President Obama's 2012 re-election campaign. And as a government employee, she's not supposed to be doing that. She also participated in a Huffington Post live internet broadcast via webcam from an FEC facility. So she did it on the work grounds <laughs> of, of the government mm-hmm. office, criticizing the Republican Party and then presidential candidate Mitt Romney. Like terrible. 
An FEC attorney who was still employed by the agency told Mail Online on Monday that Sands was known in the agency as, quote, the most enthusiastic pro-Obama lawyer we had, end quote. Everybody called her Obama girl, said the lawyer, who requests anonymity <laughs> because he is not authorized to speak on the record. He added, wow. she probably didn't worry about seeming too rah-rah and running afoul of the law, he added, because she bragged to anyone who would listen that the Obama 2012 campaign was going to hire her away from the FEC. So she was already like, fuck you, niggas. Like, while she was on the job. She's like, she's like I got She was on her this. way out the door. She yeah, yeah. She parachute. And- like she was still won the lottery on the Chappelle show. Yeah, she was throwing, she was throwing up the deuces, you know what I'm saying? The attorney also said that Sand- Sands and Lerner were definitely acquainted with each other when the two worked together in the agency's office of general counsel. Let's see what else. Let's see. I think that's, oh, this is something else. She has about 400,000 plus tweets now. At the time of this article, at the time of this article, she had 232,000 messages. That's always a sign to me of being unhinged. The prolific tweeter has sent more than (laughs) 232,000 messages on Twitter since March 2010. But it was just a handful of tweets she sent her 8,500 followers that got Sands in trouble. Damn. And so she wrote, I don't understand how anyone but straight white men can vote Republican. She, She tweeted... Dear every single Republican ever, when will you learn that Bar- Barack Hussein Obama is simply smarter than you? Stand down. Signed, Obama 2012. She was signing her, her tweets, Obama wow. 2012. She's smart. Girl. She's stupid. She was yeah, all she, in. Yeah, she <laughs> is not. And, but she's smart in a weird way because, I mean, look, she got herself invited to the Oscars and is a cause celeb. Like, I don't know how much money she's making out of it, but see, these people are only smart in social climbing. It's right. almost not even smart. It's just shameless. Like, you can't even call it smart because if you're shameless and persistent enough, it's like that guy who hollers at every single girl in the club. Oh, yeah. Eventually, he's going to hook up. He'll get one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't even say he has game. He just is too shameless to and too persistent to uh, stop because I can't say she has any particular social intelligence like at, at all. Right. Right. And uh, it doesn't show in this article that I can tell, but eventually, I'm going to see if, if it's... If it's here, if I find it in another article, I'm the just, more pictures I see it. Shit, look, how many tweets did you say she had? Four hundred thousand. She has four hundred thousand now, Jesus but Christ. at the time of this, at the time of this article, she had uh, two hundred thirty-two thousand. I mean, I, that's on the low end for some of these people because Feminista Jones has over a million. What? Fuck. Yeah, Feminista Jones has over a million tweets. That means th- I joined in two thousand nine, and I have twelve k, eighteen k. I'm sorry. I have over 60,000 and I feel like that's a lot. Like I feel like kind of embarrassed yeah. for many sometimes. I and then when I, I see have. them, yeah, yeah. And but I've been we talked out, about that a while ago that that's one of the one of the signs that something's not right when someone yeah. has 250,000 tweets. I'm 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 also an early adopter because I I adopted I've been on Twitter since like oh between before 2009. I think I'm I think I started in 2008 or 2009, but she racked up um 200 and something thousand between let me see the date of this article. This article, uh, in four years, she did that uh, from 2010 to 2014. That, that's, I gotta do that. You know, that. another one of the things is, I wonder how many followers does she have? Now I'm she sure kind of has a lot because of the, um, because of the, the Oscar so white Oscar thing. stuff. At this time, at the time that she had the 200,000 followers, the time of this article in 2014, yeah. she had only 8,000. So she had 200,000 plus tweets for 8,000. And only 8,000 uh, followers. So now she's at about 200,000 followers. So now she just tweets at random because she gets that instant gratification. She gets that dopamine shot. Exactly. And you said that she she joined in, what was it, 2012? Oh, no, 2010. She joined in 2010. And then by the time 2012 rolled around, she had 200K tweets. (laughs) Now she had, that's what I mean. It was not even about being smart. It's about being like persistent because (laughs) to me, to me, if you tweet two hundred thousand times, then you can probably get a decent amount of followers. Oh now my she God. has now she has one hundred forty five thousand. You guys should go to her page and look at her pinned tweet. Like it looks like she went to the prom. Like she's so happy. And then at the very end of the slideshow video she has, she puts up something that says, "But what about green room? Crazy, huh? You know, like because she had to kind of thread it in to yeah. act like she's still outraged, but she's not outraged anymore. She's, she's not happy. outraged at all." Yeah, she got invited. She got what she wanted. Attention. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's no way. I, I, I hope I'm doing the math wrong on this. I'm doing it. In, there's no way, man. There's Are you doing no it? Way. How many times she tweeted per day? 
Yeah, there, there's no fucking way. No, no. I'm doing the math wrong. I just got a basic, I got a high school education and I had one, two semesters of junior college. I got to be doing the fucking math wrong because ain't no way somebody was tweeting 273 tweets a day. Like there, there's That's no insane. way. There's no way. There, there is a crazy amount, but Feminista Jones, I think Feminista Jones deleted a lot of tweets because now she's at 861,900 and she used to be, I swear, over a million. Oh yeah, I, I don't doubt that she, at she, all. She, she was over a million, I'm very sure, because a lot of people were kind of making fun of her. And Feminista Jones, one thing about Feminista Jones, when she tweets something crazy, because there's times for this show that I have tried to like isolate old tweets of hers to talk about. Yeah. And they'll just have happened yesterday. And I can't find them. I'll be scrolling. She, she deleted and scrolling. Them. No, no, no. Not even that she deleted them. She floods it with because to hit a hundred to, to hit a million tweets. Jesus the sheer Christ. amount. She tweets every bit of nonsense that pops on her head. So you literally have to scroll. If you can't if you don't have a search term for something in her tweets, like if I can remember a name or a word that she mentioned in the tweet, then I can search and find that tweet. But by scrolling even if the tweet just came yesterday, I often can't find the tweet because she has filled her timeline with so much junk in the time since she did the tweet. You know, if it's a week ago, forget it. You will have to search through like 10,000 tweets to find that week old. She's fucking insane. You know that. But, you know, but this is what, you know, I always try to uh, I try not to use presentism with with, uh, you know, try not to be so present with these people and try to think for yesterday with these people. But I always have a. Every now and then I'll think to myself, what were these people? Because they're all around our age. Now, yeah. Feminista Jones is about 44, 45 years old. So I'm like, what the hell were these people doing in the 90s? Like when there was no social media. And I can only imagine how weird these people were in high school, just out of high school. Like these people, if you talk to people that lived in their neighborhood when they were teenagers, they're probably like, oh, yeah, we've seen that coming. You know, there was always that there's always that that person that was kind of strange when you were growing up. And then when you guys became grown, you'd be like, oh, I knew it. Yep. yep and now he's yep. walking down the street talking to himself. You know what I mean? Like, I knew yeah. it was something wrong with him. You know what I'm saying? We just couldn't figure Tw- out what it was. Twitter is you a know? socially sanctioned version of talking to yourself. Like, yes. The tweets are doing now, they would be doing on a park bench if Twitter wasn't invented. And yes. Yes. Twitter These people have mental problems. It's a mental yeah. problem. And I'm not shitting on them for having mental illness. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they have unchecked mental illness. Well, actually, no, it's kind of checked because a lot of them admit having prescribed oh, that, medica- that's true. medication that true. That's like true. uh they've they've all admitted to uh having prescribed medication this is one of the things that people say you know like one thing people always tell these people right they always say get therapy get therapy like, like, yeah. like when there's when there's b-mats the black men are trash people oh yeah they uh, all are need therapy. black men yeah they also get therapy but when you ask them or search their tweets like i did this thing once where i searched all their names and the word therapy and they were all talking about therapy yeah. So, so if anything, I think somehow therapy drives them to this. I don't know yeah. why, but it seems like something in therapy makes them. But I think a lot of a lot of them are lying too. You know what I'm saying? And I always use Jamila as a perfect example. She's a agent provocateur on both sides. Yeah. She's an agent provocateur for on their side. They don't even know that she's infiltrated them and using them. They don't even they don't even get it. You know what I mean? And she's done it with regular black society. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I also think maybe too. Yeah. I also think maybe the therapy consists of going to psychiatrists, which is different yeah. than a psychologist. Regular therapy. Yeah, because a lot of times psychiatrists just prescribe you stuff. And oh yeah, the, there was that famous thread that we all saw where a bunch of like the blavity and blue check. People oh, they were all and, exchanging and uh, methods and different pills and yeah, yeah. And it was a your 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 who's who of blavity black black feminists in that thread. Yeah, they were all sharing their um, they were all sharing uh, an exchange of everyone sharing their favorite um antipsychotic and antidepressant yeah. uh drugs and they're like you know my favorite is this cocktail and stuff so dude and some so of them were be... talking about pills that I, I i've never taken them of course but i've heard of them before and some of them are straight uh psycho meds yep 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 some of them you know are what I'm saying? straight up psycho meds um i don't know if you guys know what locals are there's this thing called stan twitter and stan twitter is all those weirdos who are always standing for people like that like ariana grande like oh yeah um, beyonce Nicki Minaj, all that yeah stuff. yeah one thing that I've uh, noticed is that stand mindset, that weird mindset that looks kind of funny. There's a lot of people who are doing this for politics or black or black discourse. Like a lot of these people, if you notice, all these people are like into like nerd stuff. They always mm-hmm. comes with like blurdista, blurds of color. Um, oh, yeah. 
uh there's one called clarkisha kent you know like uh which is a, a pun on clark kent but right but but ghetto wise to clarkisha <laughs> and stuff and you know you the funny thing is like, I, yeah the funny thing is i think she's not even like 80 or west so i feel like clarkisha is almost like making fun of she's probably 80 or west people too yeah. yeah yeah i think she's one of those things uh so i think clarkisha is almost like making fun of like 80 or west like with the isha name you yeah. know, because like, because you know they always like to kind of um, they go from zero to sixty. They don't even go in between. You can't yeah, just say and, Dante. It's got to be Clarkisha. All right. Yeah, because because they like doing that kind Thanks of blackface, the way like yeah. Issa Rae, the, the way Issa Rae does and stuff. Um, but somebody was making fun of these the stand culture, and locals are considered like normal people, like people who are like not online or not mm-hmm. part of the stand clique. But to me, like this tweet that somebody put that was making fun of like the normal stands. I think it applies to. The Blavity Blacks, too. And it said, someone put, stands like to mock locals, but like, if they were able to make friends that, that easily and be satisfied by hanging out with them all the time, they wouldn't be on here attaching themselves to celebrity and projecting their insecurities and wants onto them to get through the day. And I was like, damn, that's, uh, mm-hmm. that's good. Like that's that one. Money. Yeah, yeah. That was, I'm like, that applies to a lot of these people and they're, uh, fuckery, you know? Yeah, I think there's a lot of vicarious living you know, through celebrities and politicians and things like that. We, Me and you kind of talked about that when we did that episode about the swag surfing on the White House and all of that kind of shit. Uh, everybody was just trying to live in the moment and just, you know, live vicariously through the Obama years and through, you know, potentially through Hillary and shit like that. Like they just live to be in the in the shadow or in the in the in the gust of, you know, popular people, you know, yeah. the heroes and shit like that. And this is um yeah, ahead, they want to be they want to be downwind of white people and Beyonce's farts. Like, like that's yes. basically oh, man. what they live for. What a toxic combination. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I always thought about uh, when it comes to, especially with 2020 and all this kind of stuff, and you know, we, we're all uh, well-versed on these people, but I wish, you know, we all know tons of people that don't use social media. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I wish regular working class black people that don't use social media, that don't, you know, they don't really, they just, you know, do their thing. Which is I the majority. Really un- I wish they really understood what type of people these people are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't really think a lot of us really pay attention to what type of people these people really are. Like, these people are horrible people, man. And, and, and it's, you know, it's, it's going to be hard to really root them out because here's what they do. They've created this this online persona, right? And they created yeah. these clicks and these, this, these social bubbles that they stay inside, but they have little little tentacles spread in, in certain key places in in, 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 in in the ethos, you know, whether it's in radio, podcast, right. so they can right. get their ideas out there, kind of, and some of this and, because and, social media. And some of them and some of them are getting called up to talk on to places talk, like Huffington, right. yes. Huffington Post. Like, Huffington, right. the, a lot of social people media who are not so- extremely yeah a lot of people who are not extremely online do look at pages like huffington post and, and get some and, of that information yeah yeah yeah, yeah, and yeah. They, but they don't know because, where these black people like you know we we know because we pay attention and things like that they don't understand the dynamics and i'm not saying that they're ignorant I'm, I'm not saying yeah. they're stupid they don't understand the dynamics like me and t was talking before we started uh you know recording about you know web du bois and the talent and 10th you know what i'm saying yeah. that's who these motherfuckers we'll think they are Exactly. They're the untalented tenth, but they know that they've been put in a place to be able to, like, you know, the black people oh, now all man. of a sudden they're jumping on the reparation <laughs> thing. It's like, you motherfuckers don't even care about regular work. And no, look, black and see, not only are they jumping on the reparations things, they're actually trying to um to counterman, not counterman, what is it called when you uh commandeer it, the reparations yeah, 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 from yeah, the ADOS, yeah. right? Because <laughs> now, they're, now they're saying that they're the ones who brought it who, to the forefront. Who brought it to the forefront. Yeah, I'm or they're using, start, they're using be, other organizations who are doing reparations work and acting like they've been right. knowing about it and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, uh, bro, not just that other people that they actually argued with just last week. On just Twitter. last yeah. week. It's crazy to me, man. I but that's how I know they've they all been coordinating. Yeah. 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 Yes. But they don't, they don't have to, oh, don't have to coordinate to because they all think the same way. So it's like even without coordinating, like, okay, if if a bunch of you people 
I mean, a bunch of a bunch of people are all type of people that would steal a dollar out of a pile of dog shit. As soon as, as soon as see a pile of dog shit, as soon as see a pile of dog shit with a dollar in it. Hey T, sorry yeah. to catch you up, but you, yeah. you just took on a, a Kenism right there. Like that was kind of like channeled your inner Ken right there. No, nah, no, nah, I stole I stole that from I stole that from I stole that from Yvette. I can't take credit for that one. Okay, she, okay. She said that, and she didn't even remember it. I told her that she said it, and she was like, "I said yeah. that." I'm like that. How do you forget that one? No, no. But yeah, yeah. If y'all have a bunch of people who steal a dollar out of a pile of dog shit, <laughs> if, if all five of you pass by a pile of dog shit with a dollar in it, you don't have to coordinate because that's just already in your thing to do to all get jump for that dollar. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. So, by osmosis, sort of. Sort yeah. Of, so I agree with you that they're coordinating, but I also think that they kind of don't even have to coordinate because they're all already with the same uh, value system anyway. Yeah, they and, perf- and they, they're so interconnected on social media. One person yes. can say something, and then everybody else will pick up, pick up on it right away. And they, you know and they also like they also know who's not paying attention. <clears throat> yep. But here's and, my thing, though. So yeah. how do we get to a point where, like, with, what you just alluded to a little bit earlier with regular everyday black people? How do we get to a point where? And I don't want to divert this to to get to another point. So if you guys wanted to continue in this line of thought, we are. But I'm just like, how the hell do we get to the point where we let regular everyday black people know who these people are? Because let me, let me just say yeah. this. Regular everyday black people can identify these people, but these motherfuckers right. do not have these conversations in the presence of regular working class, right. poor, they everyday black people. They are not having these conversations in their presence. They they're, may they're going to the same church little, with these black people and they don't even talk about it. Yeah, they may sneak little ideas in here or there just to kind of see the temperature in the room. They kind of do some like some seeing. I, yeah, I I think I already have the answer to that. Um, let's hear it. He has what, a theory the for everything. Is. I want to hear yeah, it. I, right. I, I have a theory for everything. You get, because this is the sad truth about how black people are. If mm-hmm. white pe- white people say it, black people pay attention. Right. If you if you see the white people with the idea that these people are frauds, they'll start putting it in their articles. Because there's two reasons why I like to involve the white people in this stuff. First off, normally I think these conversations should be held inter inter community, but because these motherfuckers <laughs> keep including white people in the conversations and emboldening them to jump into the conversations, you almost have to now enter the arena and win over the white people because. These people know True if they that. get the white people on their side, the white people, because white people, if you notice, they can find out a slang phrase or a word or something that's black. And just like when they misuse it, that becomes a new meaning of, uh, I'll give you an example. You remember um, like on the East Coast in New York, we used to say like, what's the dilly, yo? Like, what's the dilly, D-I-L-L-Y, comma, yo? It was two words. What's the dilly, yo? And then Busta Rhymes had that song. Put your eyes where my hands can see. Right. And then white people turned into Delio, like one word. And he's fucking <laughs> drive me fucking crazy. I'm like, no, there's no slang word called Delio or, right. or, or Delio. Like Delio is not one word. So people thought, oh, the black community takes the word deal, changes it to Delio or right. Delio. Like, no, it's Dilly. Right. But people add like, yo, it was, it'd be like, what's a Dilly, man? What's a Dilly, yo? Like, Yo was like something that you add as a punctuation in right, right, right. East Coast slang. Right. And the thing that started happening was it just became, that became a new word. But then a lot of these black people weren't in touch with you know, like this next generation or maybe suburban blacks or uh-huh. the equivalent of blavity blacks. Yeah. They started adopting the white people's definitions. They started writing and started writing explainers. So then you start knowing which hip hop writers or which hip hop people were just Ivy League people who were getting jobs in hip hop media media just by virtue of being black, mm-hmm. even though they had no connection to the culture. Because suddenly, like the white people's definition suddenly became the new norm. And I think that's why they work the way they do. <laughs> they realize if you can convince white people of something, white people have the machine behind them that they can reform reality right in front of your eyes. And that's one of the reasons why I think on some level, we as black people have a knee-jerk reaction against cultural appropriation because mm-hmm. white people have a way of literally erasing us before our eyes. When they appropriate something, they're free to actually redefine it right in front of our eyes and what we like created. Like a major Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you'll see right in front of our eyes what we thought something was is uh, not what we remember. And 
they're so influential and a lot of black people listen to white people so much that we'll start adopting it like like now you have white rappers who just always say, black rappers always say like eminem is the goat right, you know and it's right. like like yeah. when he came up like we we appreciated his craft but we weren't calling him like the goat no and you know no yeah white people adopted him they called him the goat and then this next generation of millennial black people because the millennials are the worst because millennials listen and take the cues from white people in a way that at worse than we ever did like because because now they'll be like they'll have a debate about hip-hop and millennials will seriously argue in a hip-hop message board well who has more grammys and we never never did that bullshit never we never grammys sales none of that was ever part of the equation yeah yeah who's who has who has more movies i'll give you a perfect example of that on the west coast this was a huge debate back in the day right when the chronic first came out and 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 dre and snoop did the dre day disc to easy right Mm -hmm. that was banging everybody loved it and then easy came a little bit later and dropped Real Compton CDGs, right? right? Now, Dre Day and The Chronic in general, we all know how that success story went. Like, that album just sold you know, millions, multi-platinum, everything, everything. I don't know how well Easy's album did, but I wanted to... It was a lot of people that low-key was like, hey... Easy got him on that on oh, real yeah. to see. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, you know what I'm a saying? Lot of, yeah. A lot of people did. Yeah. That, that was that was that was better. And I was, yo, on, the, I was on the East Coast and and we said it too. We were on the East Coast. We're like, yeah, yo, that's and it was wasn't good. taking nothing away from the chronic Dre Death Row Dre Day or nothing because I still knock both. I would listen to real to City G's. And 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 then listen to Drake. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. I, I didn't have no problem knocking both of them. I didn't yeah, pick a side yeah. on that, yeah, but I just kind of had to, Yeah, yeah. I both both to, of them both of them were good, but Compton City G's was uh, better. I would say yeah. that me. I would say that musically, maybe uh, Dre Day. I think might have been like a little bit better, but mm-hmm. but for as far as an actual diss, I think Compton City G's. Uh, yeah, he fucked them. He, he tore him up. He they got it. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And the video makes it even worse. The video definitely goes to Cotton City Jays. You know, it's funny you guys are, you know, like what you're saying because these people make those arguments about Grammys. Everybody calls Tupac the greatest. He has no Grammys. But let me let me finish what I was what I was going to say about that. So nobody said, yeah, but Snoop and them, they selling more records. You know what I'm yep. saying? It was just like we was just like, damn, what song was better? You know what I'm saying? That was the con- that was the conversation back then. Yeah, there used to be a ground for suspicion if it was too popular. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I, uh, well, 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 I think what I think was too popular sometimes. You used to like wonder because I'll give you an example. I made this um like like here's an example. Like MC Hammer was really huge. A lot mm. of people didn't want to work with him because they thought it was kind of like selling out. And I made the example here, like when Dougie Fresh yeah. did a song with him. Yeah. Like the streets turned on him. They were like, yeah. you know, because they said you're just doing it like like for sales. Like it was actually looked I down on. Talked about that. Yeah. yeah, to do something just just for sales. Like it like if it was good, if it was good and it sold, people wouldn't people wouldn't cast doubt on it if if it was good in its soul. But isn't, isn't that why they turned on Big Daddy Kane when he started doing music with Patti LaBelle and shit? Yeah, and, and, and he started wearing like pur- purple, like like lace lace suits. Like, yeah, like New York is hard. Shirts. The East Coast was hard on their artists back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We're, we're on the very... West Coast, it was kind of like mm, okay, because on the East Coast, though, even to this day, the East Coast, well, maybe not so much today. No, but... no. Now we're whores, but back back then, back then it was <laughs> back like... then. We were... <laughs> yeah, we have no shame now. Like like New York has no artists who rap like New York anymore. Like, ASAP Rocky raps like he's from the South. When yeah. Trey Six, when that Takashi 6 9 like, like, even like Bobby Schmurder, like, like, we don't play anyone that sounds like New York. No one tries to even rap like a New Yorker anymore. You know, right, trying to find I didn't know region. none of those dudes were from New York. Me like, neither. Yeah. I didn't either. Back, even, uh, um, um, what's the one, what's the, what's the, what's the, what's the girl's name? Um, oh, Young M.A.? Yeah, young and yeah. I didn't even know she was from New York. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We, like, we ride, we ride waves now. We get on internet and we just you like know what, right. you know what you guys do that it just drives me fucking crazy that you guys have managed to do this you've managed to get yourselves in a position where like you may not have your own unique style in that in the hip-hop game anymore but you've managed to still be able to put yourselves as the arbiters of what's, oh my what's god not thank you or who's <laughs> yeah you know I don't this think, one I don't was think, good i don't think this I don't one think was we like, are. 
no, nobody no. gives a fuck about what right, they say. Right, right, right. They but make that, they make some crazy like, arguments. I'm like, no, no like, I don't think, God. I don't think, I don't think anyone takes it seriously anymore. You think so? Oh, like, no, no one takes it. No, I'm not saying people take it serious. I'm just saying like they. It's like um, a chick that used to be hot back in the day. And she's not hot no more, but she still carries herself. She's still very conceited, still very oh, arrogant. Oh yeah, that might be like that might that. be true. That might be true. Do you remember that time in Twitter when those New York jokes were like taking off? Oh and, yeah. <laughs> and some New Yorkers <laughs> got like uh, defensive. Amo get talking about pigeons with Tim's and right. <laughs> all this shit. <laughs> I was listening to uh, LZ Granderson. I think it was. He. I, I think I tweeted about this a while, just a couple years ago. He was talking about how when he first came to LA, he couldn't find a bagel, a good bagel shop. Anywhere. I'm like, well, we don't fuck with bagels like yeah, that bagels out here, like man. That, like, yeah, yeah. Wherever yeah. you go, you don't have to turn it into New York, my yeah. dude. Like, oh, yeah. oh, yo, yo, they're very good for that. And they did that in Miami. Yeah. And they did that in a lot of places. And you always know them because they're always wearing black. Uh, the, the, the ones who aren't white. I mean, the ones who aren't black, like white New Yorkers, mm-hmm. it's, it, it crosses races. Like, you know, like uh, white New Yorkers will be everywhere it just does. wearing all, all black. Yeah. You know, I remember like we used to go on vacation and we used to like spot the New Yorkers and try to get away from them because this <laughs> <they, laughs> uh, is back when I was single. Like, like um, I remember one time we were out, me and my friends, we were in spring break and we saw like this group of girls and they were attractive, but they weren't like the hottest girls on earth, but they were just walking like the shit didn't stink. And then, yeah. uh, and then my, my friend and they were all like wearing black and they looked like stuck up. And then my friend was like, uh, are you girls from New York? And they look excited. You know, they're like, yeah, how did you know? Because they thought you were going to say, oh, because you guys are like, you know, the hottest bitches in here and stuff. And he's mm. like, you guys are the only ones at a party. It looks like you're not having fun. And then wow. they got like really fucking mad and uh, left. But we still deliberately avoid New Yorkers when we're on vacation. And they're always shouting out New York everywhere they go. Like, you know, yeah, that's, that's totally, yeah, that's totally yeah, true. Sure. But, but now we've taken too many L's to even brag. Like, 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 not the in last, their minds. The last New York, the last New York style is like Jadakiss. Like, you know, yeah. like, like that's, that's, that's yeah. the, that's New York. The New York style of rap is frozen at Jadakiss. Like it has not evolved. It's, it's crazy yeah, I don't because you put Fab in that. Like, yeah, I was just about to say because that's the, the last one they'll hold on to is Fab. But the crazy but thing is, if you but argue, Fabulous, Fabulous was Mace Junior. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mace yeah, retired. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. If you on. argue with them and you'll be like, man, you know, and you, I'll be cheering for you know because I love the fact that back in the day there was that that hardcore New York sound, but then we had our thing over here, and it was like. You you talk to them about the stuff that they're doing now. The first thing they'll do is, yeah, but what about Nas? Man, oh, fuck God. Nas. He ain't making no music. Like, dude, why you got to tell me about something that happened 23 years ago? <laughs> but Nas, years is taking, ago. Nas is taking a lot of L's. And I'm going to say something I think is going to be very, well, I know it's going to be very controversial. I think Illmatic is kind of an overrated album, to be uh-oh, honest. Uh-oh. Mm. Uh-oh. I thought it's a very overrated album. Because you know what the big problem with Illmatic is to me? Mm-hmm. I was a super Nas stand when it came out and i'll never forget this it came out me and all my boys went to my friend's place and we just played that album played it once we played it twice and then we were about to play it a third time we we're going crazy and then one of my friends were like this is an okay album but it's not that good stop right it. Mm-hmm. and then we all just kind of like stopped and looked kind of like embarrassed and i'm like fuck he's right like like it was a weird emperor's new clothes more i'm like this is a good album. Like that that year, the Wu Tag album came yep, out. I mean, yep. the following year, Biggie Smalls album came out. Mom and those albums, yeah, yeah, Mom Deep. Deep. I those thought albums, that was a superior. Yeah, yeah. all three, of, all three of those albums were better than yeah. Stillmatic to me. Because you know, what I think the problem with Stillmatic was right. Um, Mr. C and Easy Mobi gave Ready to Die a consistent sound. There was a couple mm-hmm. of extra. There was a couple of extra producers on it, mm-hmm. but. The executive production on it, which I think was by Mr. C, mm-hmm. managed to give it a, a consistent sound. Like it was a real album. Uh, RZA producing Wu Tang gave it a consistent sound. Mob Deep, you know, with Havoc and a couple of other people, they used Q Tip and some other people. Consistent sound. Illmatic with Search exec producing it. I feel like Search ruined it because he just everybody on it and he became yeah. like a soundtrack. Mm. Like thematically, it's supposed to have that, that wild that wild style, keep it real type of theme. Like like the skits and the stuff give it a thematic consistency and stuff, but it doesn't like gel together. It's just a bunch of tracks, and he made that the norm. Like that album, after that album came out, every album became like that. Like just get every hot producer. And just slap like anthologies or something. It was like yeah. a compilation yeah, the funny thing is, I think Mob yeah. Deep might be the most popular East Coast hip hop group on the West Coast. 
that makes sense. Yeah, because a lot of my homies from a lot of the homies from my from my neighborhood, they um a lot of them fuck with Mob Deep. Yeah, like, very underrated. Day, like and and all their albums were good till the end. They get yeah. they don't get enough credit for being consistent. I bought every Mob Deep album till um. I'm gonna make a confession. I'm gonna make a confession. I did not like um Ready to Die. I, I mm. did not like that album, <laughs> and it wasn't like about East or West Coast thing. I just. I don't know. It was something about that album. I just there was a couple of songs that I, I was like, okay, okay, I'm fucking with it. But the, the, the whole thing, well, I just well, uh, I'll say I'll say this: "Ready to Die" to me was better than um, "Illmatic." But I agree with you yeah. that's not as good as people made it out to be. I thought uh, his second one was actually a far superior album. I thought so too. Mm-hmm. As far as listening, consistently I still listen from to that to today. Like I still, yeah, yeah. Had yeah. better songs. The song making was a lot better on there. And yeah. I say this is some. I don't even like going back to Cali. That's I don't even play that. No. On uh, life after death, but everything else, I'm like, man, this album is perfect, bro. Like, yeah, but- yeah that's a really good album. And and but that's another one I think has a lot of thematic uh, consistency. But yeah, I mm-hmm. feel like the big thing with Nas was that before Nas. Most albums had like one or two producers and yeah, they had a yeah. thematic consistency. Like your producer was part of your team. Yeah, Molly like, Maul does everything for the Juice Crew, whether Juice it's Kane or, or Craig yeah. G. He does all their beats. Yeah, and it used to be like that with with Dre and yeah. and Yella and and those and those guys. DOC was writing was ghost writing a lot mm-hmm. of the rhymes on the West Coast. Like yeah. you used to have your your in house production camp. Some people kept that going. Like what thing I liked about Rockefeller, they kept that going with um, Just Blaze and yeah. Kanye mm-hmm. and those people. But Nas was always like that. He was always just jumping to people. He was jumping to track masters. Like he could never pick good beats. He was he always seemed like he was musically unsure. He doesn't, just he doesn't not have a good ear for beats. That's for sure. He didn't have a good ear for beats, and he's always chasing trends. Like after yeah. Biggie and those guys created the mafioso rap, you know, with right. Raekwon them, suddenly he's Nas Escobar. He went right. from Mr. Keep It Real <laughs> Wild Style. <laughs> now next album, he's chasing. He's he's always chasing, chasing. Like you know what I'm saying? Nas that. is the technician. There was a book that came out way back in the day. Um, oh, what the hell was that book called? Um, fuck, I can't think of the name of it. It'll come to me. But basically, it was talking about how there's three types of people that try to go into business for themselves. There's the technician, the manager, and the entrepreneur. And the technician is someone who has all of the technical skills and he can, you know, he can fix an air conditioner. He can fix a car. He does a hell of a job when it comes to the technical aspects of the business, but he's a fucking horrible manager. You know what I'm saying? Or he doesn't, he's not a good businessman. So he doesn't know how to make connections. And then the manager is good at managing people and doling out tasks and whatnot, but not necessarily, he doesn't know shit about the technician part and he not really is a good businessman. And then the entrepreneur is, you know, whatever. He knows how to get the right managers in the place. He knows to pick good technicians. So not Nas is one is was like a good technician. Like he when he crafts his rhymes and everything, but he couldn't pick beats for shit. Mm-hmm. He couldn't put together a thematic album for anything. Like it's just yeah. no consistent message in his in his album. And I don't know if he I had know no who he, he had no, he had no consistent identity. Like he right, was, I, you know, and that's he, what I was just getting ready. You, yeah. you, there, oh, my bad, it. my bad, my bad. No, no, that's it. That's it. Yeah, he yeah. has no consistent he has identity. No consistent identity. And that's why he's always taking L's. That's why he's doing stuff like uh caping for uh Glenn Gwyneth Paltrow saying the n-word yeah. or he he's mm-hmm. like he's like co-signing uh with this white guy some substandard like hype piece chicken that right. that, that, that sweet well, he doesn't know but, he doesn't know if he wants to be conscious or if he wants to be uh you know a quote-unquote mogul he kind of exactly. has the same Lupe yeah, yeah. kind of has that yeah. same issue yeah like, I feel like Lupe Fiasco yep. kind of yeah. has that same, same type of issue yep. yeah uh, um you know what I just googled it and it comes from the e-myth books the by, E-Myth. Michael, there by, it is. by the Michael E-Myth. Gerber thank you and so I, much and I could tell you who the the entrepreneur the manager and technician are of are they right yeah. uh, um Dre Dre and um actually, no, no, let me say that Puffy's a manager mm-hmm. Jay, Jay-Z's the entrepreneur yep. and Nasa's the technician yep. I would say Dre is probably the person who is the Renaissance man? Dre, I think, Put it managed all to be 
all all three yeah. i think he uh he's, he's a beat technician but he also was like you know that time he was at death row and Ma- actually but he, he might not be a good manager though because i feel like his aftermath <laughs> stuff was always kind of uh dropping but yeah, he let jimmy Iveen take over the business aspect so he may not be that brilliant of a business or at least maybe not in in that particular point in time maybe he's evolved into that but yeah dre, dre's at least two of the three he's at least yeah, the technician sure. and the and the entrepreneur like with yeah. the dre beats and stuff mm-hmm yeah, yeah, but Nas is definitely a technician. Like he has like whole beats, I mean whole um songs about his notebook and stuff. Yeah. Meanwhile, Jay-Z brags about not writing the rhymes, whether right. it's true or not. That's his claim. But 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 yeah, to go back to, to uh this is be- By the way, T, hell of a job Googling that, man. You be on it, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting in front of a computer and I don't even think I can just Google it right now. Yeah, right? I got that I got that Google foo. Uh yeah, yeah, but you know, going back to your your question, um uh D is that I think like you kind of unfortunately they have forced us to have this conversation in the arena of white people because what that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to skip over the black masses, right? This is what the black masses are supposed to do. We're just our job is just to not give away the game that they have no real black constituency. So that's why they kind of get mad at us for blowing up Kamala Harris's spot. Right. Or anytime we blow up their spot, we make things like the root articles. Remember like uh, the root articles hashtag. And when that <laughs> hashtag trended to number one and went crazy, they got mad because they're like, hey, you're ruining our hustle with white people because yeah. we get by by. Yeah. And, and I don't think even white people really believe that they have the, the ear of black people. But white people want to at least have them be a plausible person to put forward like like you know we're like we know that you guys don't really have the ear of black people mm-hmm. but if we're gonna use you you have to at least be a plausible lie and if you get your spot too blown up we can't use you for that job anymore you know yeah. and i think that's kind of like uh the problem and i think it's working because in the past two days as far as like um us getting the ear of white people um two types two white people that guy terrell that guy terrell star did a thread trying to <laughs> say that um black men it's a lie that black men are taking into account the issues when it comes to um kamala harris they're not against her because of all the people that she locked up or all the black men she got in trouble they're not against her because of foreign policy issues with apac and israel and palestine they're just against her because of they're just against her because of what do you call it sexism and misogynoir like you know there's like yeah. that's all it is and you know don't be fooled and basically the argument that he was trying to make was the same argument that people were trying to make against white people who voted for trump remember there's like one group of people who were like yeah you know what we don't like trump voters are racist okay sure but they're not all racist and even if they are a lot of them are voting for substantial issues they're voting because of economics you know it's the economic anxiety and stuff like that and whether you like them or not we have to at least try to peel off some of these voters if we ever want to win and beat trump and there's another camp of people who are like fuck that they're just voted they're just voting by racism there's no economic anxiety there's no issues whatever uh the blavity blacks with kamala harris now are trying to do the same thing against black yep. men yep. Uh, where, where like jason johnson was on like uh msnbc with um joy reed and she was like and jason johnson was like yeah you know kamala harris uh has problems with black men and some of the problems they're gonna have with her is she's married to a white man they're mad about the crime uh the attorney general record they're mad about um this thing and we're gonna have to like you know address some of these issues he wasn't saying it to defend black men or cave for them because some people i think thought he was trying to mm-hmm. like hating black men is so normalized the bar is so low for what count that the bars become so low for what counts for caping for us. Like, right. like, like now, if you just say that we're Facts. we're not total idiots, like yeah. if you just say that we're not total idiots and we actually have enough brain power to take issues into consideration, that is now considered the bar for caping for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's the end of part one. Come back next episode for part two. We hope you enjoyed this and we hope you enjoy the next part even more. Take care. <laughs>